Hey there, thanks for tuning in to the Captain's Log Sermons. You'll be hearing Nathan preach not only at Liberty Grace Church, but also at surrounding churches. We hope that this is an encouragement to you and that you're blessed. Hey everyone, it's great, uh, great to see you all again this evening. Again, it's just so exciting to be able to gather here in the park to, to see people in person uh, and then to have everyone gathered online as well. Um, it's, it's just such an encouragement for me. Can everyone, can everyone hear me all right? Am I projecting my voice okay? All right. It's always a bit of a challenge. You're competing with like buses and wind and whatnot. So just wanted to make sure. Um, but today, like, uh, like Daryl said at the beginning, we're taking another step in uh, this journey that we've been on through the Psalms of Ascent. And the first three Psalms that we've looked at in this series, they, they've sort of worked to give us the, the bird's eye view of our journey as a whole. Uh, the, these Psalms are sort of giving us this picture of our journey, uh, journey through life. And the first three have given us sort of the, the bird's eye view of that. Uh, we, we started with Psalm 120 that introduced us to the kind of world that we live in. And then Psalm 121, it showed us where we find our help in this journey. And then last week, Daryl looked uh, at Psalm 122 with us, and we looked at uh, where our destination is, where this whole journey that we're on is leading. And so now this week, we're, we're moving into Psalm 123. And this psalm, it actually takes a bit of a step backwards, uh, back into talking a bit more about what life looks like for us as we're on this journey. Uh, there, there's actually quite a few similarities uh, between this Psalm and what we saw in Psalm 121. But it's talking more about what life looks like for us as we're, as we're taking this journey. And uh, I actually get to speak to you for the next three weeks on Psalm 123 all the way through to Psalm 125. Um, and I'm actually really excited about that. Just like how the first three Psalms in this group sort of gave us uh, they, they act as their own little unit, giving us this bird's eye view of our journey. Uh, these three psalms that I'm going to look at with you over the next couple of weeks also form their own uh, kind of a unit that have a, sort of a common theme that we'll see develop over the next couple of weeks. Um, it was actually uh, in a, a commentary by a, a guy named Alec Motier uh, that he pointed out that uh, the psalms of ascent are sort of broken up into five different groups of three. Uh, Daryl showed this to me this past week, and it's actually really helpful for, for understanding these Psalms, looking at it in that way. Um, but as we get started into Psalm 123, uh, as, we, as we begin to look at this Psalm, can we all just agree that 2020 and 2021, this has just been an exhausting year. I mean, I, I don't even really see much of a distinction between these two years. It just feels like one big, long, tiring year. There's been so much going on and I am just tired. You ever have those days, you, you just look at our world, you look at where the world is right now and, and you just kind of feel deflated. Just sort of get this, this feeling of weariness and, and just being tired. You know, I'm tired of going online, reading a bunch of Facebook, uh, Facebook posts of, of people who are just angry and then watching people tear each other apart in the comment section, Christians included. Um, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about all the devastation that's being caused by COVID, the sickness and the death that's coming from it. And, and I'm tired of the seemingly constant heartbreaking news stories that, that we see in our world. 
know, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the, the devastating report of the 215 children who were found buried at one of the residential school sites. Um, and, and since then, there have been more reports of similar sites like that. I think this week there was one with 70 or 751 unmarked graves. And it just breaks my heart to, to, to hear about these things, all of these different revelations that, that show the state of our world right now and, and the way that our world has been. This isn't, this isn't a new thing. And those are just a couple of the examples of the brokenness in our world. And I'm just so tired of that. And I, I want it to end. Elaine and I were walking this weekend and we were talking about how it just feels so heavy. We constantly feel the weight of everything that's happening in our world. And so as we look at these Psalms that sort of are giving us this picture of our journey through life, sometimes that journey is really hard. Sometimes our, our life is hard and we feel so worn down by all the brokenness that we see around us. And, and all we want is a break. All we want is, is to, to feel some sort of rest from all of the brokenness that we see. And I'm sure for, for one reason or another, all of us can kind of relate to that feeling, that, that desire to, to find rest, to just find some relief from all of this brokenness. As I, as I look at Psalm 123, I think that this is, this is a passage that speaks so perfectly to that, that sense of fatigue that we're all sort of wrestling with right now, that, that sense of weariness. It's almost like this psalm was written specifically with 2021 in mind. Like, especially as I look at something like verse three and the psalmist is just crying to God for mercy, saying we've had more than enough of contempt. I think that that really hits home. Those, those words are right in line with what we're feeling right now. We're tired and we've had enough. And this is, this is a short psalm. It's only four verses but they are such powerful and rich verses that can give us so much comfort in the midst of this Psalm 120 world that we're living in, this world of hostility and lies. And at face value, Psalm 123 doesn't necessarily seem like the most uplifting or encouraging of Psalms, but what it shows us is where we can find our rest. In, in those moments where this journey, it feels so exhausting, our hearts are so heavy and weary, this psalm shows us where we can find rest in the midst of that. And that is such a powerful, such a needed message for us today. And the psalm, it begins in a very similar way to how Psalm 120 started, with the psalmist lifting up their eyes. But this time, there, there's no question. There's no asking, where does my help come from? We're not looking to the hills and asking where our help is. The psalm begins right away with lifting up our eyes to God. We've already established that in, in this life, our help comes from God. And so right away, we're lifting our eyes to him. To you, I lift up my eyes, O you who are enthroned in the heavens. God's described as the one who is enthroned in the heavens, who, who's over all of creation, holds everything in his hands. And again, that's similar to what we saw in Psalm 121 that described God as the maker of heaven and earth. The psalm, it begins by reminding us once again of who God is, sort of reorienting our focus in, in the middle of our exhaustion, in the middle of all this 
this tiredness that we're feeling, it's, it's reorienting our focus and pointing us back to God as the Lord of this world, the one who's in control of everything that happens in it. And so that's where we start. And then as the Psalm continues into verse two, we begin to see a description of, of who we are in relation to God and in relation to this God who's enthroned in the heavens. We've established who God is. Now it's time to look at who we are. And this is what it says in verse two, behold, as the eyes of servants look to the hand of their master, as the eyes of a maidservant to the hand of her mistress, so our eyes look to the Lord, our God, until he has mercy upon us. We look to God in the same way that a servant would look to the hand of their master. And I think if we're honest, sometimes we, we can actually struggle with that idea a little bit. We kind of have a, a difficult time with, with that notion that we're not actually the ones that are on top. We're not actually the ones that are in control in this world. You know, we really like to think that we're the ones who are in charge of our own lives. We're, we're sort of the, the masters of our own destiny. We, we sort of think that God is in the background to make sure that our lives go the way that we think that they should. And when things start going wrong, that's when it's job, or God's job to step in and sort of fix things, put things back to the way that we want them. He's there to correct things for us. We almost get in this mindset that God works for us. That the best way for us to have rest or peace in this world is for us to have everything under control. If we can just have control of our lives and, and what's happening around us, then we will have rest and peace in this world. And it's God's job to make sure that that happens for us. But that is not true. In, in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our exhaustion, we look up to God who's enthroned in heaven as a servant looks to the hand of their master and we cry to him for mercy. That's how we relate to God. And, and that's how we truly find rest in, in the midst of this journey. If we want to find rest, we need to be reminded of this, of who God is, of who we are in relation to him. You and I, we're not the ones who are enthroned in the heavens. We are not the ones who are in control of this world. We are not the ones with the responsibility and the power to fix what's going wrong in this world and to dictate what is right and wrong. As we think about that, it's easy to think that that, that idea of a servant and a master almost has some negative implications along with it. We don't want to see ourselves as servants as serving someone. And, and when we think of a master, we, we would typically think of someone who is, who is harsh or, or cruel or uncaring towards their servants. At the very least, we, we think of someone who's very cold. But God is not a harsh or an abusive master, but a truly loving one. And we can find rest knowing that he is enthroned in the heavens and we serve him. We serve the one who is greater than this world and all of the brokenness in it. You know, to, to live that out, to follow the example that we're given in this psalm, to, to adopt that posture of looking up to God as our master, that requires a lot of humility. That, that goes against our pride, the way that we're, we're naturally bent. 
goes against our desire for control. But it is so, so important for us to remember that we serve God, not the other way around. Because whenever you and I try to be our own masters and be in control of this world, things will always go terribly, terribly wrong. It's exactly that attitude that led to the fall in the Garden of Eden in the first place. Adam and Eve decided they didn't want to live with God as their master. They wanted to be on his level. They wanted to be like God. Because of that, they they disobeyed him. They did the one thing he told them not to do. And so sin entered the world, leading to all of the brokenness that we see around us today. And so when I, when I think about that idea of us as God's servant and him as our master, I'm reminded of something that Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 20 to 23. This is what he says, For when you were slaves to sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, The fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. And a very famous verse, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You see, you you and I, we will always serve something or someone. Either we're going to live as a servant to God or we will live as a servant to sin. And at one point, each and every one of us was in that place of, of... living for ourselves and living as slaves to sin. But because of the amazing love of God, he sent his son to die on the cross to pay the wages for our sin so that we didn't have to live as servants to sin anymore. But we can now live as servants to God. As you see, the the ability to look up to God as a servant looks to his master that is a gift that is only made available to us through the, through the love of Christ and his amazing sacrifice. That's not a burden that's put on us. That is a gift that is given to us through the gospel. And so verse two, it, it ends with these words that we're looking to, to God as our master until he has mercy on us. You know, in our, in our distress, in the exhaustion that we face in this world, we, we look up to God and we wait on his timing for the relief that only he can give in the midst of the struggles that we face in this world. And we can truly rest knowing that the God that we serve is enthroned in the heavens. So verse two, it ends with this statement of waiting on God for mercy. And as we move into verses three and four, we we begin to see a description of what the psalmist is actually crying for mercy from. This is what it says. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we have had more than enough of contempt. Our soul has had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease and of the contempt of the proud. You get, you get so much of that sense of exhaustion in these verses. And it, it's something that I think we can all relate to. You get the sense here that the, the psalmist, as he's crying out for mercy, get the idea that he's been facing this struggle for for some time. He's kind of come to the end of his rope here. He's crying out, we've had more than enough. 
And as the verse continues, he, he elaborates a bit more on what exactly he's had more than enough of. And the two words that are used there are scorn and contempt. So essentially what he's had enough of here is the rejection of the world around him. Those who look down on him and mock him. Those who look down and mock the people of God. We've had more than enough of the scorn of those who are at ease and the contempt of the proud. We've had more than enough of the rejection of the world around us. And again, you get that idea that nearly every day the psalmist is encountering the scorn and contempt is everywhere around him and it's overwhelming and it's pushing him to the point of crying out, I've had more than enough. He's had a hard journey and he's tired He's tired of the scorn and the contempt that he's facing from the world around him. And these things, the, the scorn and contempt, it's coming from those who are living opposite to the posture that's presented to us in the first two verses. Rather than, than living with God as their master and humbly submitting to him, the scorn and contempt is coming from those who have made themselves their own masters. They're those who are proud and those who are at ease. They, they like life the way it is. They like living for themselves. And so they, they reject those who say that there's an issue in this world. There's an issue with each and every one of us that only God can fix. And so they look down on those who serve God and they look on them with this scorn and contempt. And so we're, we're trying to make our way in this Psalm 120 world, this broken world, trying to make sense of, of all of the brokenness that we see in the world around us. And at the same time, we're facing this scorn and contempt and this rejection from the world around us that we're living in. And it just seems to be weight upon weight upon weight, and it is exhausting. And there are days that it feels so hard to bear. And days when you feel the full force of that reality that that this world really is not our home and we, we don't belong here. And I, I don't know if you've ever, you've ever felt that, but it is difficult to face that rejection from those who are around you. Whether that's happening in, in a social circle among friends or, or maybe happening in a work setting or, or even happening amongst family. It is so hard to feel the rejection of the world around us. To feel that scorn and that contempt aimed at us. And even if it's not specifically aimed at you personally, to see that aimed at those around you, to, to see that so often in our world is just so tiring. We've had enough of it and we want it to end. You know, Spurgeon writes that great hearts have been broken and brave spirits have withered under falsehood and contempt. Those are intense words. This is not a, this is not a light subject. This is a heavy weight but he follows that up by writing this for comfort. We should remember that they also despised and rejected our divine Lord. And there he's referring to Isaiah chapter 53, verse three. And he's reminding us that as we're facing the scorn and contempt from the world around us, we need to remember that we're not alone and the world also rejected Jesus Christ. This is not something that is just happening to us. Isaiah 53 verse 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men, 
a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. You know, if you, if you remember back a, a couple of months ago, Daryl preached a message out of the book of John talking about the humanity of Christ. Now, the fact that, that Jesus, as he was born and, and lived as a fully human on earth among us, it enabled him to perfectly sympathize with every struggle that we face in this world. Every experience that we encounter in this world, Jesus understands it. Because the world that Jesus came to was a world that was just as broken, just as full of scorn and contempt as the world we're living in now. And it was in the midst of that world that he was rejected and put to death on the cross. And so when you're facing that, that contempt and that scorn of the world, and when you're confronted with so much brokenness that fills our world, you just feel like you're at the end of your rope, find rest in the fact that, that Jesus knows, understands, and, and intimately understands every struggle that you're facing in this world. Find rest in the knowledge of Christ and, and a relationship with him. On the days that, that you feel that rejection of this world and, and like you just don't belong here, remember that, that this world really, for those of us who, who've trusted in Christ, it's not our home. Because of what Christ has done, our home is in eternal life with him. That's the promise that he's made to us. And so as we come to the, to the end of this psalm, it, it actually leaves us with a little bit of an incomplete feeling. You know, there's this cry for mercy and relief, and, and then it just ends. The psalmist cries out, our soul has had more than enough of this scorn and contempt, and then the psalm just ends. It, it, it isn't really giving us uh, a real conclusion in the way that we want to see it. You know, this psalm is not giving us a, a three-step plan for a better life. It's not ending by saying that God has fixed all of the scorn and contempt that the psalmist is facing. It doesn't even end with a promise that that will happen. And it doesn't end with the psalmist calling out for justice against those who have treated him with such scorn and contempt. And you would, you would expect that. You would expect that after this cry for mercy, there would be some sort of a, a statement of assurance given that this mercy will come and there will be an end to the struggles that the psalmist is facing, but it's not there. And it's not there because the conclusion isn't really what this psalm is all about. Now, next week, as we look at Psalm 124, we're, we're going to look at how God is our victory in times of trouble. But this psalm, Psalm 123, it's not about finding a resolution to the things that we're struggling with. It's not about finding an end to the scorn and contempt that we're facing. This psalm is about showing us where we can find rest in the midst of these struggles. And that our rest isn't found in the end of our struggles. We don't have to wait until our struggles are over to find rest. Our rest is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that Christ can sympathize with all of the scorn and all of the contempt that we face in this world on his behalf. And that through his sacrifice on the cross, we have the chance to look up to the one who's enthroned in heaven as a servant looks 
to their master and cry out to him for mercy. That we've been granted that relationship with God through Christ. And make no mistake, for, for those of us who follow Christ, there will be a day when all of the brokenness, when all of the scorn and the contempt of this world will be finished and will be done away with. A day when Christ will return and we will enjoy eternal life with him in the new heavens and the new earth. And we will have full relief from all of the brokenness that we see in this world. That day is coming and that is our eternal hope in the gospel. And even if we never see an end to these struggles in this world, we know that there, there is a resolution to these struggles beyond this world in Christ. So we put our trust in him. We lean on him for rest in the midst of this brokenness. And we cry out to God for mercy, resting in the hope of the gospel that's given to us through Jesus Christ. And if, if you have never, never entered into that relationship with Christ and, and you, you've never experienced that rest, I want to invite you to, to do that today. To, to turn away from, from sin and disobedience, to put your trust in Christ, to live for him, to look up to God as your master. Find rest in him through the gospel. Because that is such a gift that has been given. As I, I end, I just want to leave you with this. And I, I want you to remember this. As, as we go back into the world, as, as you face, again, the, the exhaustion that comes from, from the brokenness of this world. Remember this, that in an exhausting world full of scorn and contempt, we can find rest in the gospel and the amazing love that's been shown to us by Christ. In the midst of an exhausting world full of scorn and contempt, we can find rest in the gospel, the amazing love that's been shown to us by Christ. Lord, our, our hearts are tired. God, we, we cry out to you in the midst of a broken world, saying we have had more than enough of contempt. We've had more than enough of, of scorn and rejection and brokenness. And God, we, we cry out to you for mercy and for relief. And God, we thank you so much for the gospel, for Christ who, who allows us to look to you as a servant looks to their master. God, for Christ who can sympathize with, with every experience that we have in this world and every struggle that we face. Lord, thank you so much for the gospel. God, I pray that you would give us strength to endure in these struggles. And God, we do cry out for mercy. Lord, we, we praise you and we, we give you the glory for who you are. And pray this in your name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope that this was an encouragement to you. As always, if you want to know more about us and our ministry, feel free to follow us on Facebook or Instagram or go to our website. Thanks so much and see you next time.